Beitza, Perik Hay, Mishnah Hay, 5 5. And the Mishnah continues to discuss the halachas of Tchumen and that one's possessions are confined to his Tchum. But we're going to differentiate in this Mishnah between a flame and the thing that is burning itself. The Mishnah refers to it as a Gecheles, like a coal. So imagine like a, a coal on fire, like a candle on fire. So the basic principle of the Mishnah is that while the thing itself that's burning has substance, mamashos, like a gecheles, the coal or a candle, and therefore it's treated like any other possession. The flame itself, the shalhevis, that fire has no substance, no mamashos, and therefore it doesn't have any restrictions in terms of tchumen where you can or cannot take that fire. And that would mean, of course, therefore, that if you would lend your friend on Yom Tov a candle, so he couldn't take it beyond your trum on Yom Tov, whereas if he lit his candle with your flame, he's welcome to take it throughout his entire trum because the flame itself that's been passed over to his candle is unrestricted. And therefore the Mishnah says, Hagacheles, the coal itself, Karagli Habarlim, its trum is the same as the area in which the owner of that coal piece can walk. Vishalhevis, as for the flame itself, Bachomakom, it can go anywhere. It has no restrictions. It can go anywhere it wants because there's no trum, because it has no substance. Now, since we're talking about the difference between the thing that has substance and the fire flame itself, which it doesn't, we'll talk about two other areas of halacha. The first is going to be Meila. Meila, you recall, is the misappropriation of Hektish, sanctified property that belongs to the base of Mikdash. And if one in fact, misappropriate such property. So, for example, let's say I have a candle, and I consecrate it and say, this is now a maktishet, this is the base of Mikdash's candle. So, therefore, if you would now use the candle for your purposes, you would be transgressing the Isra of Me'ila. And if you did a Beshogeg, at least, not knowing that you, what you're doing, you'd be required to make parry back Karen, the value of what you used, plus Chomesh, an extra 25%, plus bring a Korban Asha Me'ila, so a special guilt offering for doing Me'ila which applies to someone who did Mela Beshogeg. In any case, our mission will say that when it comes to misappropriation, the gechelis, the coal or the candle, of course, can be misappropriated. You can do meal on that, but the flame itself can't. And the mission says, gechelis shall hektish. If you have a consecrated coal, molinba, someone who uses it, um, that's improper, and therefore he does meal, has to pay back Karen Vachomish and also bring the Korban Meelas. Veshalheves, as for the flame itself. So I was maktish, I consecrated this this, let's say, this candle, and it's burning. So the candle is the base of Mikdash. The flame itself, since it has no mamashos, has no substance, it can't be um, invested with Kedusha per se. So therefore, one who would use the candle would not be over the Isser Doraisa of Meila. However, the rabbis felt that it's certainly inappropriate to make use of the base of Mikdash's candle, even if technically the flame itself is not is not uh, able, subject or reliable to Meila. To take your cigarette and light it off the base of Mikdash's candle is inappropriate, and therefore the Mishnah says, Lo nehenin velo moalin. One may not get benefit from it, meaning Midorah Badan, it's forbidden to light your cigarette with the base of Mikdash's candle. But if you did, Lo moalin, you haven't done an act of Me'ila, because the flame itself is not subject to Me'ila, and therefore no korban, etc. The third case, the Mishnah talks about Hotzah, transferring from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah That's one of the Lamatas Malachas. You can't do it on Shabbos, of course. And we're going to differentiate between transferring the thing that's on fire, the coal or the candle, to the flame itself. And the Mishnah says, Hamotzi gacheles to Rosh Hashanah If one transfers from his private home, Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah that piece of coal, Chayev, 
he is liable to the penalty of Chil Shabbos, Karban, Kares, whatever it is, Skila. Vishalheves, as for the flame itself, Pater, one who transfers a flame from Meshusa Yachat to Rabma, vice versa, will be Pater, meaning there's, it's only Asr Madura Baran. Now, there's of course a technical question, which is how could that actually happen? How could you transfer a flame without transferring like something else that's burning. And if you're transferring the burning thing, it's that thing which will make you be chayav for hotzah. So the case has to be that you have sort of like a candle or whatever, it's burning right on the edge of the dividing line between the Rishosah Yachad and Rishosah Rabin, and you fan that flame in such a way that the flame kind of jumps into the air, crossing the line. So crossing the line into the Rishosah Rabin, so you've transferred the flame now, but since the flame has no mamashos, you'll be exempt from a korban. Okay, the mission isn't done, but it goes on to a whole new topic here. Um, the case of who owns the water inside a well? And when we say owns, you mean for the halachas of tchumen aniyamtov. So the same idea applies. If we would say the water belongs to you, then it's restricted to your tchum, the same way your other objects are. Um, and if not, then then the rules will be different. Now, the particular case of remission, we're talking about a bore. A bore is actually not a well, it's a cistern. That is, it's a place that collects rainwater that flow together. In antiquity, they had three options for, for their water supply. They could have a bore, that's a cistern that collects rainwater. They could have a be'er, that's a well you could dig and then connect to the water table. It's always got replenished water, as opposed to a bore, which once it runs dry, it's run dry until the next rain. You could have an aqueduct, something else altogether, which the mission is not considering here at all, of course. So here we're talking about the cistern of water, and the question is, who owns the water? So we say a bore shall yachid, if it's a private person's cistern, karagle yachid, the water inside the well. It's referring to the bore, but referring to the water in the bore, the water in that cistern, is the possession of the private person, therefore it's confined to that private person's tchum. Vishal anshe osair, if you have a system that supplies the whole city with its water, then that water is confined to the same tchum as the rest of the city. Karagli anshe osair means that the city's tchum, meaning the 2,000 almost from the edge of the city, is what defines where the water can go inside the city's water, from the water, city's water supply. That would be true, by the way, even if you have a single person in the city, let's say, who makes a tchum, outside of the city. So he's planning on going to his friend the next town over for Shabbos. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't mess things up for everyone else. It's defined by the by the people, the majority of the people in the city, where their tchum is. That's where the water is confined to. And therefore, it's a little different than the case we had before, where you say had, let's say, for example, um, two brothers who inherited from their father, where we said that um, the books on the shelf that belong to the father had to stay in the tchum of both those sons. Not true when it comes to the water of the people of the city. Now, the final case is talking about um, wells that were dug, or cisterns that were dug, for the Ole Bavel, people who were coming, Alila Regal, there are pilgrims coming from Bavel, Babylonia, modern-day Iraq, to Israel, to, for the Regalim, it's a long shlep, it's desert, you need to have water, there were wells or cisterns dug for them, the point is that the water with inside those wells, they are hefker, they're onalists, and then, then the pilgrims, when they take the water out of the well, it becomes that pilgrim's Water. So what we're saying is the water is hefker, and then through a mechanism of brera, retroactive allocation, it becomes the water of the person who draws the water from the well, and therefore the water for the rest of Shabbos or Yom Tov is confined to the tchum of the person who drew the water out the well. Meaning a person, anyone can take from the well who wants. But once it's been drawn, now if you want to borrow from the water that's in my canteen that I took from the well, that water must stay within my tchum. And therefore the Mishnah says, Vishal Ole Bavel, the water inside the cisterns of the that were set up for the people of the pilgrims coming from Bavel, and therefore that's 
Hefker water, Karagli Hamamale, it is confined to the tum of the person who fills up his canteen from that water. This Mishnah therefore understands that that a Hefker object has no Makum Shvisa, has no home base, uh, until someone claims ownership of it. There is another sheet in the Gemara of Yochim ben Nuri, who held that um, every Hefker object gets its own Makam Shvisa and is confined to its Tchum, but our Mishnah is not going like that. The Allah is, is like the Mishnah says over here, that uh, whoever acquires it, it becomes that person's, it belongs to that person's Tchum for the rest of Shabbos or Yom Tov.